0: I wanted to come to America from Yemen because of the civil war in Yemen. And there was no way to go back to Sudan. We came on a student visa, and then we applied for political asylum.
1: And I told my family that we are leaving. They understood when I explained that forever, we are going to be second-class citizens. We are not going to be able to get ahead. And even worse than that, Our children will have no future.
2: Those were the voices of Veronica Vaida and Magda Ahmed. Both Veronica and Magda were granted political asylum to come to the United States. Veronica left Ceausescu's Romania because of anti-Semitism in fear that her family would always be second-class citizens. Magda left her home in Sudan for Yemen because of a coup d'etat, and when civil war broke out in Yemen, she came to the United States on a student visa before being granted political asylum. Hi, I'm John Vosey, executive producer of Words in Transit. Words in Transit is a project of New England Public Radio and is being offered in conjunction with the release of a book of the same name, published by the University of Massachusetts Press. Our goal was to bring the national conversation on immigration home to our community here in western Massachusetts and to present stories of individuals that have settled in the United States from around the world. We collected interviews from individuals that have traveled here from Asia, Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and Latin America. Here's Tema Silk, the managing director of Words in Transit, to tell us more about Veronica and Magda.
3: Magda Ahmed was born, raised, and educated in Sudan. Blacklisted in 1989, shortly after the coup d'etat organized by the Muslim Brotherhood, Ahmed fled to Yemen with her two young daughters. Her husband, a political prisoner at the time, managed to follow two years later. When civil war broke out in Yemen, the family came to the United States on student visas. Eventually, they sought and were granted political asylum. Magda lives in Amherst and works for the United States Agency for International Development. Here's her story.
0: I left Sudan six months into the um, d'état, which they were just starting against different people, and I went out to work. I was working with an American organization already. Then I took a job with them in Yemen to leave Sudan and be closer, but we have like double names. So you, your paper has a name, and your like the name you use in country is a different one. So sometimes, if you're lucky, you can go out. My husband was not so lucky. He was jailed, and then after that, we have to sneak him out with a different name in a different way. It took about two years of planning to get him out. I could not go back to Sudan because I was blacklisted. I have to stay in Yemen without even packing. I wanted to come to America from Yemen because of the civil war in Yemen. I left Yemen on a contract for four years and my contract was expiring and there was no way to go back to Sudan so i just applied we came on a student visa and then we applied for a political asylum and we have to sit down and revisit why we left sudan how we went to yemen and how we came from yemen to here and that was not an easy trip to revisit especially for my husband he was tortured he was still traumatized with that it took a lot of work to get the story out. When we left Yemen to come to America, we came only with our passport. We left everything because of the war. I left my car, my home, my money, everything. We just had ourselves, and we left. We were evacuated with a military plane from Sana'a in Yemen to Saudi Arabia. And we got the American consulate and the Sudanese consulate. They both came to the airport And then we got our visas to come straight here to Boston. When I drove here in Boston, it was crazy. But I drove in Yemen. I thought, you know what? If I can drive in Yemen, I drive anywhere. But I found Bostonians to be worse than the Yemeni in (laughs) driving. We could not develop a taste in the beginning. The pizza, you know, that stuff was not tasty. Even the salad did not taste the same, like the tomatoes, the cucumber, even something simple as peanut butter. It has sugar in it. It took me a year or two to discover that you can get the natural one that doesn't have any sugar added. We eat the peanut butter as, um, as a sauce, actually with chili. Like it's a hot sauce, you, you dip meat in it and you eat it that way, you make it as a salad. So when the sugar was there, the first time I did it, I have to dump it all. It, I, we could not eat it, it was just too sugarized for us to like go ahead and eat that. For grocery shopping, it was nightmare. You go for the cheese, there are like 10, 20, 12 different kinds of cheeses. We have only like one or two. You you don't like white cheese, it is white cheese. You don't have that much option, but the options here are like uncountable. Like you go for shopping, I get headaches. I stopped doing shopping. My husband is the one doing the shopping. And then you need to read the labels. I can't do that. I don't feel like American yet. And uh, when I go home, I feel like I'm missing home here too. Like I still feel like I have to differentiate when I said home and then I have to say home in Sudan or home in America. So I think my mistake and my husband too, and that's maybe why I still don't feel 100% Americanized, that we were always going back home. That was the plan. We were here going to school. After school, we're going home. This uh, government will change, we're going home. Um, I was crying my eyes out when I have to like go do my citizenship exam because I did not want to leave my, my nationality. And then I was happy when I know that I can keep both of them. That what made it easy for me to decide. But getting involved in the community you live in, I volunteered into the Amherst Commission. I volunteered with the graduate student. I start working, I bought a home, so we start like feeling that this is home.
3: That was Magda Ahmed. Veronica Vaida dreamed even as a young child of escaping communist rule in Romania. But when, as a young adult, she experienced anti Semitism firsthand, she immediately announced to her family that it was time to leave. Here's Veronica's story.
1: I was um asked to lead a delegation of Romanian uh, officials from uh, my hometown to Holland. So I prepared all the things necessary for this trip. And my director, which here translates into a principal of the high school, they were proud that I was chosen to go and uh, lead the delegation and just a couple of weeks before uh, leaving i was called to the police office and i was asked if i had relatives to the west i had relatives in france my mother's brother by that time i had relatives in israel it would have been a very frightening thing but the head of the police in this town was a gentleman. He explained that they cannot give me a a passport to lead this delegation. And so I went home and I told my family that we are leaving. They understood when I explained that forever we are going to be second-class citizens, we are not going to be able to get ahead, And even worse than that, our children will have no future. And with that, we proceeded and applied. Jacob Javits, he found out that Ceausescu's Romania was not nice to minorities and to their Jews, that the favorite nation status which was given to Ceausescu that meant a lot of money that Romania would get, which, of course, went into his Swiss bank account, we later found out. But nevertheless, Jews had no freedom. Many Jews, we knew, they were sitting on their luggages for many, many years, and they were kicked out of their jobs. What happened then... There was a, a blitzing of President Nixon and Kissinger throughout all the communist countries, just as uh, we applied. And they put Ceausescu and some other, probably the Polish, the Hungarian leaders, on notice that this favorite nation status will be taken away unless they respect human rights. Compared to other people, we were given in our hands, our passports, in eight months. I questioned my education, my degree, whether I will ever be able to be an English teacher here, and am I coming to a country where uh, English is not my mother tongue? Who's going to allow me to teach? And that's when I said to myself uh, that no matter what I'm going to do, even if I'm going to maybe clean houses, I don't know, I don't want to live there from uh, romania the way to come to the west was through different way stations Uh, there was um, one in greece so that's where we went and from greece because my husband had a childhood friend in Montreal, Canada. And we had the choice between the United States and Canada and we were tremendously scared off by the United States uh, at that time. And because it seemed like we would not know anybody and then in Canada we would, we opted for Montreal. And then uh, after six years of living in Montreal, we wanted to come to the United States. (laughs) I um, came to New York and I was basically offered a job as an activity therapist working with mentally handicapped adults in a very difficult neighborhood in the South Bronx, where it was hard to get professionals to go and work there. And I worked there for six years at the UCP of United Cerebral Palsy of New York State. And in my whole entire life, it turned out to be the most meaningful job. I appreciated my family in a different way, my children the affection that I received from those clients, we call them, that I had in my class cannot equal anything in my life since. So I am very grateful for my education which turned out to be a lot better than what I thought it was and I am grateful that it was appreciated at its value here. My Love for this country is unconditional because of what it stands for and what I found here, and I could just never take this for granted. What a gift this is and has been. And it just enabled me to teach my children that failure is not really an option, I constantly kept pinching myself uh, that I am here, that we are here, that I feel the luckiest person on earth to be able to live here.
2: That was Veronica Vaida. Before Veronica, we heard from Magda Ahmed. To see photographs of Veronica and Magda, and to hear all of the Words in Transit interviews, visit our website at nepr.net where you can also learn about upcoming Words in Transit events. You can also find information about all of NEPR's podcasts at nepr.net or on iTunes. Let us know what you think about Words in Transit. Review us on iTunes or send an email to radio at nepr.net. To see additional photographs and to read transcripts of all of our interviews, see the Words in Transit book, available from the University of Massachusetts Press. Proceeds from the sale of the book benefit the Words in Transit Immigrant Scholarship Fund at Holyoke Community College. Next time on Words in Transit, starting over. I felt so sad because I have to leave my parents, siblings, and my small country. So I didn't want to come, but the economic problems, it made us to come here.
1: When you move completely from different culture to other culture, It's not easy, but only the first six months was hard for me to understand everything, how they do work here.
2: Our next podcast features stories of two individuals who created new lives in the United States, one who fled the war in Syria and one from Sri Lanka. That's next time on Words in Transit. The managing director of Words in Transit is Temis Silk. The producer is Kathleen O'Keefe. And we had help in this podcast from Sara Redigieri. I'm John Vosey. Thank you for listening. Words in Transit is a production of New England Public Radio in collaboration with the Copeland Colloquium at Amherst College.